Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you. Two experts, one hour. It's Friday, the 13th of November. I'm Andrew Page, filling in for some very big shoes today. Uh, look, I am really excited to introduce our guests today. We've got two of the best, some real battle-hardened investors. First off, we've got Rudy Philippeck van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, it's been a while. I'm confused. I thought I was here for the free drinks. Uh, you have to wait till later on in the oh, day. Okay, timing. Hang around for that. Timing. I'm not good at timing. And we've got a fellow former wise monkey and good friend of mine, Claude Walker from A Rich Life. Claude, it's been forever since I've seen you in the flesh. Yeah, great to see you again, mate. I'm looking forward to, to this here. show. We've got a whole range of really interesting stocks that people have sent in. Uh, and uh, we're going to make sure we get to them, of course. But as usual, we're going to start with our stock of the day. It is making a little bit of news. Uh, Ramsey Healthcare, a company that's taken a bit of a hit um, from COVID and they've made a bit of an announcement today failing to really give us any formal guidance ahead of their AGM, but it doesn't look as though the market has reacted too well to that. Rudy, I'm going to start with you. Um, firstly, what do you think about Ramsey in general? Well, maybe full disclosure, I'm a shareholder. Okay, well, <laughs> you, you probably have, know more than have, most. Have, have been have been for quite a while. Okay. I think there's, um, there's multiple ang angles to the mm -hmm. Ramsey story. I mean, angle number one, this is one of the best uh, private equity, uh, private hospital operators in the world, one of the largest as well. Mm -hmm and um, um, maybe similar to the Australian banks for, for a very long time uh, has been very, very good for shareholders. And then in recent, in recent years, that has flatlined. Um, that's story number one. Story number two is, for obvious reasons, it has been a victim of, uh, of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, if people don't go to hospitals, uh, what do you do? Uh, I mean, they've, they've been kept alive by governments mm -hmm. in that period, but that is also the disadvantage. Mm. The disadvantage for an operator like, like Ramsey is that they are dependent on governments, mm. and governments don't, don't like to spend money, mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. And that goes for the governments in France and in the UK and, and in Australia. Mm -hmm. I mean. So while they are probably the best of breed, and definitely on the ASX, um, once upon a time we had a company called uh, HealthScorp. Oh, I remember HealthScorp. Woof. Yep. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah. Ramsey, Ramsey, head and shoulders above above the competition. Okay. But there is that niggling effect that uh, younger people are not signing up to private private insurance mm -hmm. or abandoning private insurance. Mm -hmm. It puts the whole sector under pressure. Mm. Uh, it becomes a dogfight between the insurers and the operators. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, in in summary, I think on a one to two year, maybe a little bit longer basis. Um, they should be looking great yep. uh, because no matter what happens, vaccine or no vaccine, mm. we, will, we will be reopening operation tables. You can't put uh, off surgery forever exactly, if you need exactly. it. It's exactly. not something you do and as <laughs> on I, and, a whim. And as, I, and as I experienced over the past uh, two weeks, even in Belgium where the lockdown is pretty much on again, yeah. uh, one of my members of family went into hospital and had an operation. So they, I mean, it's not going to be like lockdown number one. Right. So on that basis, I think the, um, the, the share price should, should be higher over the next two years. Okay. Having said so, uh, once that effect, once that effect has been um, played out, mm -hmm. they will still have that problem mm. of uh, France, UK, here. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't be surprised if at some stage you'll just have to um, go for like, it's just a flat learning company and on, on, unless the dynamics change, yep. it's not a great investment. So, but it's still a buy or at least a hold for I you? I would go as a hold. As too. a hold at this point in time. Claude, what do you think? I think it's a really interesting company to read about even if you're not a shareholder. So it's a little bit outside of my usual stomping ground because it's sort of a large company. 
and as Rudy said, it's not super high growth anymore. Uh, perhaps the, I think it grew, correct me if I'm wrong, mostly by sort of acquisition and roll up over the years and it did very well at that? Yes, that too, but also it, it's using its size. Yeah. You, so you can, you can get better pricing. So what I, what I found really interesting about this was the segment breakdown in um, its report basically shows that you, it is actually having a much harder time in countries that have stayed open more mm -hmm. and not locked down. Ironically, of course, its Melbourne operations did take a bit of a hit during COVID, but I guess the good news here is now they're bouncing right back and they expect to be at 100% um, capacity fairly soon. So I think we'll see a pretty fast bounce back in Australia, which is good news for the company in the short term because Australia is over 50% of the revenues or around 50%, I think. No, it's more. Yeah, it's anyway, more. so that's, the ma that's a major driver for them. So that's good news. I think they just divested some of their European stuff as well. They're sort of consolidating there. So it's an interesting one to watch from that perspective, but if we look at pricing, that's where I sort of fall short on this, which is basically, I think it's trading on about a 1.1% yield, a PE of 40, which is sort of in the normal historical situation for Ramsey. Mm -hmm. Problem is, as Rudy's just outlined, you have a few short-term headwinds and then you have a few longer-term potential difficulties as we see private insurance come off a little bit. So, you know, and speaking anecdotally, a lot of my friends these days are having babies and it's interesting, even amongst the group of um, group of us who could definitely choose between private and public health for childbirth. The preference seems to be the public system. Um, and the, the word of mouth is that, you know, we've got some of the best public hospitals mm. in the world um, to do that sort of thing. So I wonder if there's aren't, there aren't going to be some headwinds there, um, as Rudy was saying. So for me, I'd say it's a hold. Okay, so we've got two holds on that one. A hold, a hold for the father-in-law style investors. Okay, not for okay. Me, I, I did. I was going to say it didn't strike me as your particular. No, no, for me, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to mark that as a no then in that case. But there are there are caveats around that, and of course, different strokes for different folks. Let's get into the 10 stocks as nominated by you, our viewers. And the first one we're going to kick off today is Virgin Money. The ASX code there is VUK. So this is a UK bank, uh, Clydesdale, one of the major brands there. Um, actually, I'll start with you uh, first, Claude. Um, this is yes good, or this no? Is a, I will, I mean, I'll start off fine, you asked me that. Right, no. Okay, I, fi no I figured we'd cut to the chase. I'll say but, no. But, 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 but let me say why. But tell us why. So I think this is a great one for um, the bearded value investors, as John Hempton calls them. <laughs> and um, they have been fans of this for quite some time now. So I was looking back at what some people quite rightly said about it. They said um, a good quote here was uh, Clydesdale, which is what its old name was mm -hmm. before it merged with Virgin Money. Clydesdale is materially undervalued, trading on less than 0.5 times book value. And that makes it one of the cheapest bank stocks globally. It's mm -hmm. like, all right, well done. That mm -hmm. is cheap. And I feel sorry for the people that are doing this kind of value investing because it just has not been working lately. Cheap for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's unfairly cheap. Maybe there's some bad sentiment in there. Mm -hmm. But me personally, I don't know why I'd be rushing into UK banks. Like, what? Yeah. Um, I think we know. So back then, the reason it was cheap was Brexit. But now it's, I think, maybe even cheaper. It's 0.38 times book value, right? And that could be, I still got that Brexit problem, but on top of that, UK is doing a really bad job handling COVID, so I don't think that bodes very well for them at all. What mm. it does mean is more stimulus and lower interest rates, which bodes poorly for bank margins. Um, yeah. So there's just headwinds galore. Uh, I don't know what, um, what a retail investor is doing looking at this kind of play. Um, but for if you're you know, really into your value investing and, and, and sure that you can get an edge in understanding um, the complexities of an overseas bank, then I'm not so sure that you're wrong. Maybe it is undervalued, but for me, it's a, it's a clear avoid. It does come back a little bit, doesn't it, Rudy, to sort of looking for those one-foot bars to step over rather than a six-foot sort of hurdle that you might have to do as, as Claude's outlined there. But is, is there a perspective we're missing here? Um, um, ooh, I, I, we could talk about this for hours, I think. <laughs> well, there are a lot of perspectives uh, ex that the Claude exactly, and I might exactly. miss. I, I, I think one of, the, one of the aspects to pick up here is um, most of the value investors don't stay with the stock. Mm. Yeah? Like they, they go in when it's cheap, and this one's arguably cheap, and then when it, when it sort of as a rally, they go out. Mm. Yeah? And I think most, val most retail investors make that mistake mm -hmm. in mixing one with the other. Mm. Yeah? Like um, in a very simplistic uh, comparison, um, when, when things get tough for the banks, Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, uh, Suncorp, AMP, 
um, and, and what's the one I'm missing, Bank of Queensland, mm -hmm. they always fare worse than the majors. Mm -hmm. And amongst the majors, the three always fare worse than the CBA. Mm -hmm. that's, that's your ranking. Yeah. If you place that into the UK context, where does Virgin UK fit in? Mm. Probably even below mm. uh, Bank of Queensland mm -hmm. and, and Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. So when it gets tough in the UK, they will feel it much harder. They have no pricing power. Mm. One of the reasons why NAP got rid of them is that they were too small and you basically hope that someone buys them. And yeah. yes, they can, they can dress it up for a while, but ultimately no pricing power. The UK is not doing that well. The international trend is still towards very low bond yields and interest rates. And um, what does that mean for them? If there's a bump, I think it's temporary. Yeah. Jamie uh, sent us in that question, and I'm afraid to say, Jamie, we're not getting a lot of love for Virgin <laughs> Money here, and it seems like for pretty good reasons. So uh, that, is a, that is a firm no. Uh, let's move on to the next one. We're going to talk about now C-Link Travel. The ASX code here is SLK. This is a uh, stock that's been sent in by Daniel Rudy. I'm going to start with you this time. A travel stock. We know what's happened with uh, travel-related stocks. Um, yeah, is this I'm, a, is I'm, a different I'm, angle to this? I'm going to correct you now. I would say it's a tourism stock and not so much of a travel stock. Ah, okay. Uh, if you look at Australia, and there's a lot of islands in Australia, mm -hmm. most of the islands that I'm assuming at the moment would be benefiting from uh, domestic mm. uh, tourism, mm -hmm. most of the islands have a, have, a, have a ferry service and they're most of the time it's operated sealing. by these guys. Right. Right? Right. You want to go to Tasmania, you want to go to Kangaroo mm. Island uh, for a while. I'm not sure why they still do it. If you want to go to Manly, they mm. did it as well. Mm. They got the Captain Cook brand, yes. right? Don't they? Yes. Yeah. And then you have in Queensland, a couple mm. of those islands. So yeah. I'm assuming that the share price has recovered quite strongly this year mm. on the basis of if we keep Australia closed, people will still go and go on travel and they're going to now, instead mm. of going to Paris or to Belgium, now you go to Kangaroo Island or mm. to Tasmania. So you're probably going to take a ferry. Yeah. I mean, what this business also has done over the years is they've diversified because that was a very cyclical and very fragile business model. Mm -hmm. So they've also gone to bus services, mm -hmm. including, by the way, Singapore and the UK. Mm -hmm. Now, at the moment, I would think that's where the problem is, because if you go on lockdown, your buses don't drive. Eh? Right. Um, so for that reason, I, I would say it's a hold. Mm -hmm. The share price has already recovered quite strongly. And I think that's the share market pricing in that we're all going to go on a ferry mm -hmm. at Christmas time. We're all going to go to some islands in, in Australia, but um, further out, I think that there's this question mark and also what's, what's beyond the boost that we can expect uh, this year. Mm. So I'd be a little bit more careful and maybe because it's the share market, uh, at some point it'll, it'll become cheaper. Interesting. Well, it was actually very cheap yeah, no. early yes. on in the year. And that's your total lockdown. And that, and that I think, Claude, is a really good example of this, how it marks first and second order kind of thinking, isn't it? Yeah. So it is very obvious when you, you, uh, start, you see the start of a global pandemic, obviously tourism slash travel kind of stocks are, are going to take a hit. But as Rudy's just sort of very eloquently highlighted there, there's there's layers to this here. And, and is he right? Do you agree with, with the general sentiment there? Yeah, I think that's a great rundown. I mean, I just added on that point you were saying that I would have totally been guilty of selling this thing into the pandemic if mm -hmm. I'd owned it, which I didn't. Mm -hmm. But because you didn't know when it all started that Australia was going to be one of the very mm -hmm. few countries in the world that had the social um, cohesion mm -hmm and leadership to actually push this thing down and get to live a healthy life. Yep. So you wouldn't have picked that immediately. Once you start picking that, the market, mm. as you can see on that chart there, has gone, oh, well, okay, this is actually probably a beneficiary. And now it's sitting at all-time Well over highs. a double, yeah. yeah. So now fast forward to today yep. and basically, so first of all, these guys did this acquisition of bus networks and stuff like that mm -hmm. in, I think, January, and then immediately had to write down like $10 million worth of it, plus they had $16 million oh acquisition costs. Mm -hmm. That brought down their profit. They've also gotten, I think, about $8 million from John JobKeeper. So yeah. I don't know if you want to give them full credit for that particular profit either. These guys' profit is still very low. Based on the actual yield that they've got now, it's 1.8% at $6. Now, let's say it bounces back up a little bit because of this tourism dynamic. You're still looking at probably only about a reasonable pricing of about maybe three or three and a half percent yield on this kind of capital intensive mm. tourism business. Mm. Now, I think that's probably about reasonable at best. Mm. So this is why I'm scratching my head. I'm looking like this thing's pre pricing in like Australia's good to go. Mm. And if mm -hmm. Australia is good to go, then you're probably, it's probably just about right. Maybe low interest rates and share price momentum take it a bit higher. 
but I don't see a whole lot of upside then. Mm. Having said that, and I don't want to be the harbinger of doom here, but like, what if um, it gets really hot, there's some bushfires, everyone's spending inside? Because what we see is when people are going inside, that's when you've got the conditions for spread again. Mm -hmm. So we're in this perfect zone at the moment where it's nice to be outside, everyone's spending time outside. What happens, it gets really hot, mm. everybody goes inside again. You have mm. a risk that over the summer period, we do get an uptick again. Mm. By January, you might start seeing no, none, like do, less Aussie tourism. Do you take that as a consequence of the nature of the business though, to some degree? Because whatever, whether it's that or whether it's a thousand other unknown unknowns, you, you know in a business like that, there's gonna be an implicit uh, cyclicality to it. Where you and as an investor, do you sort of say, "Well, look, I think the long-term structural trends are in place, but I know as a long-term holder, I'm just going to have periods yeah. where it's just really nasty, but not for anything that's wrong with the business. It's just it's just sailing into some short-term wins." Yeah. So I remember looking at that, and that's a possible approach to take. I remember looking at Sealink way back, you know, five years ago when I was doing Motley Full Hidden Gems, and it, and I maybe I should have recommended it there because it's actually gone really well since then. My concern was it's sort of a capital-intensive business, mm -hmm. and you can have these kind of blow-ups where people spend a whole lot of money expecting a return and then that doesn't come, they've got debt and these, and then suddenly you have a distressed capital raising. Mm -hmm. As it happens, this team has actually managed to grow this business via acquisition quite well, yeah. which I would say is probably the exception to the rule more than the normal thing. Mm -hmm. Having said that, if you've got a long-term holding in this stock, I, wouldn't, I would say that that approach, and, and it's a good Aussie tourism stock, and if you're bullish Aussie tourism super mm -hmm. long-term, and you continue to trust management to execute, then I think this could be one you just hold through the cycle. Again, not my style. I'm looking for the less capital intensive stuff that can really ramp with heaps of operating leverage, sort of, you know, software, tech, healthcare. That kind so, of thing. so it's a no from you? It's a hold from a, me. A hold for um, you, two holds. But okay. or, or, or leaning no, basically. Okay, okay. You know, with the three of us, we're going to really struggle to get through uh, the remaining eight stocks. So I'm going to like, ramp this up just a little bit here. Um, I hope that is help, uh, helpful for you, Daniel. Natalie has now uh, asked a question in regards to Centuria Capital. Uh, Rudy, was yes. this, this a property uh, investment company, yeah. investment bonds? Yes. What do you think? All of it. Um, uh, in very short, uh, I own uh, Goodman Group and Charter Hall. Mm -hmm. Um, both um, could be, you compare them all in the same basket basically. Both uh, recently have uh, increased their guidance for the year, which obviously makes me very happy because that means I own the right stocks. Um, there, is, there is something to be said about size in, in that particular sector. Uh, in very simplistic terms, if that's class number one, then uh, Charter Hall is, is number two mm -hmm. and Goodman Group goes to number three. Mm -hmm. Goodman Group is one of the largest companies in Australia. Mm -hmm. For that reason, you mimic, you, 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 you have less risk on board basically because of the size and all the experience of management of course. Mm -hmm. I would say prefer Charter Hall and Goodman Group. Mm -hmm. If you have to go to a Centuria, I would personally go for the Centuria industrial one mm -hmm. uh, for the simple reason that uh, you get more certainty there, you know uh, that you're taking on less risk. With this particular one, you take on more risk and potentially that also means you can have more rewards these basically these guys are looking for where can I spend my money in the best way form mm -hmm. and can I create uh, shareholder value mm -hmm. now that doesn't always work like that we know that mm. so it, there's a little bit more risk with that um, so basically I prefer the other ones mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think you you're really on the wrong ticket here okay um, well I say hold a hold, hold on that yes. basis um, do you know, uh, I, I didn't have a chance to look at it, is in terms of property, are they retail, are they... Uh they do a little bit of combination of all of it, yep. and, and you have to realise they also run a uh, office fund and they run, they run an industrial fund, mm -hmm. which are more specialised, so you know what you're getting. With these guys, you get a combination of. Yep. Uh, for memory, I think they just bought a warehouse, I think, mm -hmm. and before that, um, I will have to go through my memory, but anyway, they, it's an investor basically, mm -hmm. so they do anything that, that smells like property and mm -hmm. could be adv advantageous mm -hmm. for their shareholders, yep. um, so that you, get that you can get a smorgasbord. Mm -hmm. Claude, these guys do seem to have a pretty good long-term track record, at least if the chart's any reflection of the underlying fundamentals over a long time. I think they've actually been around for 30 odd years or something mm -hmm. like that. Really makes a good point though, there are, there are sort of bigger gorillas in the room. Does that negate it for you or is it just... Not uh, a place that you like to play. Well, as in you general. know, this is this is more an area Rudy knows more about than I. So I definitely wouldn't disagree with any of that. Um, 
What I would say is that these guys do seem to have fairly good underlying assets. Um, I think it was a factory in New Zealand they bought recently was their most recent one, but also they've got quite a few good New Zealand and Australasian or Australian rather assets. Like you know they got they got stuff in good areas in Canberra and a whole range of different stuff. So I definitely think it's investment worthy. Like it's an investment grade company. We sometimes get written about these crazy little micro caps, no revenue, nothing. This is definitely not that. Right. You know, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. If you're going to play in this kind of stuff then yeah, you can make mistakes and you can have successes, but um, this is a much more sensible place to play. Well, wow, if you'd been in it the last three or four years, you've, you've got to be mm. pretty happy with that. Yeah, it's, and so, I mean, taking a really zoomed out view, I'd say probably this is going to be fine. There's, got, there's a lot of money looking for like, sort of returns. And that's what you see there, low yeah. interest rates and, and yeah, low exactly. money. Yeah, exactly, there's liquidity, and I, and I don't think that that liquidity is going to reverse anytime soon. Having said that, of course, if you do have um, some sort of mishap, these are the kind of things where you take a big drawdown, as you can see on that chart. Mm. So if you're going to invest in this kind of thing, you have to be really, really solid. Um, like you're not going to need to take the money out of, out of it anytime soon because yeah. like it's not, the time when you're going to want money is the time when it's going to tank really hard. Mm. And that's what, you have, what happens when you have leverage going into a recession. So for me, mm. stro- like I avoid all of this kind of, mm. these listed RE, um, listed real estate kind of companies. It's just not for me at all. They don't have that sort of um, secular story that I look for. They're very mm-hmm. cyclical companies. Having said that, n- not such a bad one if that's what you want. So yeah, yeah, no for me, but it's still decent. I think it makes a really good point, does it? There's there's no definitive no's or yeses with any of this. You've, you've got to- Oh, think, there is. We will get there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be careful what I say here. But well, the point that I was rounding on was was that, you know, I think as an investor, you have to understand who you are. Yes. What absolutely. are you doing? Absolutely. You know, so what's a hard no yes. from Claude yes. and a hard yes from, from Rudy? Yes. Doesn't necessarily, I think no. when, when for the viewers who are watching, particularly the viewers who are writing in about this, put these comments in the context of your own, yes. you know, are you the uh, bearded value investor that Claude yes. speaks of, or are you the gung-ho, small cap, don't care about profit type of person yes, that, exactly. other, that others are? So I think it's, it's, a, it's a really a question of know thyself. And hopefully that has been uh, helpful to you, Natalie. Let's switch gears a little bit now and go to a company that's really been a popular one um, for a long, long time, and for good reason, although it does seem as though the, the, uh, the fortunes may have changed a little bit. Um, A2 Milk is the company we're talking about. Dion has written in about this. The, the ASX code there is A2M, an absolute monster of a company generating ridiculous returns for early mm. investors. But as we'll see in a moment when the, uh, when the share price comes up, that it's, it's been a brutal 2020. Um, or not. No, no, that is, pretty, that is, that is pretty brutal. Yes. Not, not if you start at the beginning of the year, but if you go from the peak. That must be it, yeah. Note to self, take yes. better notes. Yes. Claude, save me from myself here. What's, <laughs> what's the go with A2 well, Milk? Yeah, there has been some um, brutal share price action for the A2 Milk holders, especially someone who uh, bought in fairly recently. Right. And that's been basically driven by the fact that with the pandemic and souring relationships mm. between the Chinese government and the Australian government, uh-huh. I won't say the Chinese people and the Australian people, I think mm. we get on very well, but the government's not getting on too well. That Different is story. leading to mm. a lot fewer daigu coming here yeah. Um, yeah. for so many reasons, fewer students, pandemic reasons, etc. Yeah. That is meaning that you've got this sort of really mm. uh, important sales channel that has basically disappeared. Now they're important for two reasons. One is they're actually selling goods, moving them off our stores. And then the other one is that they have been uh, product advocates uh, to their um, customers back home in China. So that has built up the A2 Milk brand in China extremely powerfully. And now the real question is, um, will that brand power survive even once um, you don't have the Daigu pushing it anymore? Mm. And um, then the secondary question is, Look at that though, 1600%. Yeah. I mean, that's the, pow- that's the power of having mm. um, a whole, you know, hundreds of brand advocates sending your stuff back to China. And yep. don't forget A2 Milk has like maximized that really well, probably better than any other company mm-hmm. in the fact that they have uh, managed to then get a direct channel and they uh, grow through the mother and baby store. So as of that, mm. I wouldn't say give this up. If you, if you believe in the, if the brand, if you believe in the brand of A2 Milk, mm-hmm. which I personally don't, but if you mm-hmm. do, and you might be right, then this is a buy. Otherwise, um, I definitely still wouldn't call it a sell. I reckon a hold. Okay, okay, but not buying. Uh, Rudy, we've, we've got to. I've got to ask for a quick answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm, going, you, I'm going to do it quite quick as yeah. well. I'm going to take a different angle. Mm-hmm. It's a risk assessment. I, I once upon a time I, I owned the, sh- the shares and I sold because of the risk assessment. 
and I think since it's since it 18 months or so, the risks have definitely increased. Mm -hmm. The element that hasn't been talked about here is that they are strictly taking New Zealand companies, so they don't really are squeezed between the Australia versus China thing, mm -hmm. but the Chinese have bought uh, the Tasmanian competitor that once upon a time used to be listed, Bellamy's. Oh, yes. And I believe the Chinese are trying to white-end that sector, mm -hmm. and that increases the risks significantly mm -hmm. for a company like uh, A2Milk. So on a risk assessment, I, I would at the moment, I would just sit on the sidelines and wait for whatever happens. And, and that's not necessarily reflected in the share price, mm -hmm. as we've seen early in the year. The share, the share market doesn't respond to risk until it has to. Yes. Yep. So it's always good to make a risk assessment yourself, irrespective of what happens to the share price. When you say you sold out, it wasn't in 2016, was it? Uh, it might have been. Okay. Yes. Why? Did you I, do, I, do, I, <laughs> I think <laughs> no, we, we talk about the pain of loss, but I think yes. the pain of, of foregone gain. Yes. And I know, by the no, way, no, I, I'm not having a go. I know this pain 2016 well. sounds a little bit too far off. It, yeah. I might have sold in 2018. Yeah. I okay. Oh, okay. You, you can't really complain then. No. Um, <laughs> let's move along. Uh, let's go now to Woodside Petroleum. Totally different company. Another very big, quote unquote, blue chip company. Ben's asked the question here. WPL is the code. Uh, who are we up to? Uh, Rudy, woof. we'll go with you first. Another wolf? <laughs> wolf. I 100% um, agree, I'm, by I'm, I'm going to go very, very short on this. The worst sector on the Australian share market over the past two decades has been energy. Mm -hmm. Woodside shares peaked at $73 in May 2008. The best they have achieved in the period since, which is 12 years, is half. It's like thirty-six or thirty-seven dollars. Well, it's it's, it's about half of, words, of seventy-three dollars. Yes. Mm. I mean, um, it's worse if you zoom out. Yes. Yeah. If you if you look at the latest uh, projections published by British Petroleum, then at the at the, at the least the sector is in structural decline from twenty thirty onwards. Could be quicker. Mm. Um, yes, it's gas. It's not petroleum. Uh, there's probably an element to be made that maybe eighteen dollars or something is is on the low side. Um, for me, it's like, I don't even look at it. I just laugh at people who, uh, who, who get all worked up when the share price goes up and down. It's, 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 that what you, it's, it's volatile, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's pressure. Give me a reason to like it. I mean, you can't find one, can you? Um, well, Maybe if you're great at picking energy prices or something like yeah, that. Exactly, the, 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 the gas prices might be too low and then temporarily might, uh, might spike. Uh, okay. Gas, maybe the positive is gas might be the transition that people use to go yeah. to renewables and then maybe they might benefit for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, if anything, those companies do not generate shareholder wealth in the long run. Yeah? They do it temporarily. De definitely the evidence seems to back that up. Claude, another quick one if yeah, I can. Brown, what do you brown, brown chip. Um, brown this chip. Is, this <laughs> is the, I love it. This, in multiple senses. This is the um, kind of stock that your superannuation fund probably owns if you haven't chosen well enough and you're probably going to keep losing money on it for another 12 years. Well, as long as they're getting their it's um, been management Oh, they've got their management yeah. fee oh, off that. Yeah. So, this is, so I don't know how many in the last 12 years, mm -hmm. how many managers or how many analysts have written about, oh, how this is undervalued, blah, blah, blah. This has been going down for 12 years. For me, there must be for me, for hundreds, me 200 times hundreds of portfolio yeah. managers that yeah. have just had this undermining their share, their investors' returns for so long. And it's and it's the same. It's like if you're going to invest like this, at least invest in tobacco companies. Mm -hmm. You know, like at least invest in something that's addictive. The world is moving away. It's from always this worse. Stuff. And it's, it's, Australia, mind you, is also probably one of the countries which is the government bending over backwards to help these guys out. Yeah. They still can't they make still returns can't for it. shareholders. Yeah. Can you imagine what's going to happen if and when? And I hope that we do. We get a government that sees the opportunity in. Uh, in renewables more. <gasps> it's, Politics. It's going to Politics. get... But I'm not saying it... Okay, I hope it, but if it does happen, you've got to admit it's possible it happens. Yes. Like there's a lot of younger people as they get to vote, they're going to vote for that kind of stuff. Mm. And there's no there's no tailwind here. This is mm. this long-term will continue on the same trend, in my view. As a result, it's a Maybe a good summary is trade them, don't invest in them. Yeah, yeah. trade at best. I wouldn't hold it long Yeah, and time. that's the point. I suppose there's nothing just because it's been, I think, fair to say, very negative on the show. It could go up 10% next yeah. week. But yeah. just, I think if you look out in multiple years, there's not... Right. If the value trade comes in, right. by all means, sure. make, make money. Okay, well... Oh, ben, if, uh, if you want to take a view on the oil price, it could be a good way yeah. to trade that. Yeah, yeah. But, but not as a long-term hold. Ben, I hope that has helped you. We are halfway through the program, so it's time to do a quick recap. And someone actually uh, predicted this on Twitter beforehand, that it's probably going to be very unlikely that we're going to have 
anything added to the to portfolio uh, here on the call, and they have been right so far. Yeah. We started off with Ramsey Healthcare. Um, Rudy is a shareholder. There are some definite things to like. A very big company that's the, the best operator in this space, but there are some structural concerns there. So for him, it is a hold. For Claude, it is not. Um, we've gone to Virgin Money, and this was another one where the guys didn't really mince their words. Uh, Wolf might have been the, the first use of the word wolf with Virgin Money. Uh, so that's a no from Rudy. It's a no from Claude. Uh, sorry, Jamie. Sealink uh, uh, Travel. Uh, this one uh, was, was a bit more, about as positive as we've been, I think, so far. I couldn't get a buy, let alone a strong buy from the guys, but I did get holds from both of them. Um, uh, when it came to Centuria Capital, these guys are an investment manager focusing on property and things like investment bonds. Uh, Rudy made the comment that they're, again, they're a bigger uh, player that are out there. Um, that being said, it has performed reasonably well and credit with credit's due, so, so that's a hold there for, for Rudy. Claude, a no, but really on the basis that that's just not his bag. They are not part of your style. <laughs> I, I think I know that all too well and, and for that reason there's, there's uh, more attractive fish in the sea. Uh, we went to A2 Milk Company, which is a company, as we saw before, is like a 1600% return over the last four or five years. Incredible success. but. Have the dynamics changed a little bit with the Daegu situation a little bit different with uh, the Chinese, a direct owner in a, in a big competitor there. It's a little bit different. The markets are uh, taking a much more cautious stance. So we've gotten a no from both of those guys there. And let me perhaps, this uh, between Virgin Money and Woodside Petroleum, we can, we can have a competition. As to, I'd take Virgin Money, I'd buy you that take, one. You take Virgin Money? If I had to buy one. So if I put a gun to your hands and you have to I'll, buy I'll one I'll of those. Take, two, I'll take Woodside. They would balance it out a little <laughs> bit uh, more. But, but I think fair to say that no one, no one likes Woodside and I'm going to jump on that uh, bandwagon I as well. I actually think it's Woodside not, pays a higher dividend than Virgin Money. Yeah. Oh, and, there you go. There's and also something. at least it's a cyclical low with the oil yes. price. So if it was just a trade, yes. I'd probably go Woodside right. because as we open up, well, please let this pandemic go over yeah. next year. If that ends next year, then it should go well. Okay, so there's, there's, there's things to like about it. Speaking of things to like, um, you have to give credit where it's due again here that we've got a portfolio here on the call and uh, we've been building it since uh, July 1. So what happens is we've always have our two experts in studio. If we get two thumbs up, a buy from both of our experts on the show, we've been adding it into the portfolio. If we get anything but, we're taking it out. And on that basis, in conjunction with NAB Trade, we've been, uh, we've been tracking that portfolio since that time. I gotta say, it's pretty impressive. Uh, one week return up 4.23%, over a month 3%. You can argue for noise within those kinds of timeframes, but when you start looking at year to date, uh, it's, things become more meaningful, of course, as, as you extend that timeframe. And wow, 20%, not too bad. I think uh, the three of us can claim all the wins there, can we? Um, and all of them. All of them? Okay, of them. Let's, let's, let's definitely do that. Um, uh, it's been an incredible performer. The last five stocks that have been added are Iron Ear, uh, Ike GPS, some really small cap interesting stocks in here, Ridley Corporation, Deterra Royalties, haven't heard of a lot of these, Clinuval Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yes you do, that's, the, that's a spin-off from Iluca. Which one? The Deterra Royalties. Oh, okay. Well, I was never a fan of, uh, of that. So. My law. <laughs> royalties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gee, you, you're, really, you're really trying to draw me into a, a rant here, aren't you, Rudy? Um, second half. and. We're actually not too far off time, so I'm impressed with that. Let's get to uh, another company. This one has been sent in by Max, and he's interested in Southern Cross Media Group. <clears throat> Pardon me. The ASX code there is SXL. Claude, I'm going to start with you this time. Uh, tell us, like, let's, let's start big picture here. What, what do these guys do? So they own a bunch of sort of like regional TV and, re and radio stations. Um, I, I can save some time on this one. Like the really funny part I'm about waiting this, for a wolf. This really funny, oh, he can do the wolf. Okay. The, the really funny part about this is that during the big sell off or whatever, they had to raise um, at nine cents per share, which is now they've done a one for 10 consolidation. So that's equivalent oh, to 90 cents. Per okay. okay. Can you see Still, that? Yeah. So the only person who's sort of doing well here, because it's massive dilution, right? The only yes. person that's doing well yes. is the person that sort of bought just right in the down bit and then did um, and, then, and then participated in the 1.7 capital raising and yep. then now they yep. could be selling. Yep. Now, I don't know if we can see a longer chart, might tell a better story. There you go. So mm -hmm. we'll just jump mm -hmm. back up. Don't forget there's been a one for 10 consolidation. Yes. I'm not sure how, yes. the, how the chart actually that, deals with that. That's not corrected. Yeah, yeah, it's actually 
<laughs> so, so pull everything back yeah, by so a factor actually of actually equivalent 10. of yeah. like yeah. 18 cents. That right. big jump, I think, is the consolidation. Yeah. So okay. that's not, it's not actually higher than it was several years ago. It's oh. actually lower. Yeah, I, see. Um, I see. So I think that's correct. Yes. Um, correct yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So basically, you know, that should tell you the story. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's the equivalent share price in January 2020 was above $6, okay? okay. So it's really just way yeah. lower. Um, everyone's a loser except the people that bought between April and sort of now. And I reckon that, that that's probably going to be the story again. This is like swimming, you know, against the river. I don't know if you guys have ever tried that, but it's tiring. It looks tiring. I don't want, I don't want to try it. I don't particularly want to try it with Southern Cross either. What about you, Rudy? I think the only hope that you have here is that someone buys it. Okay. Uh, and they will have to change the, the media laws for that. But uh, I mean, the first question that comes to mind when people ask me about stocks like that, I always answer back, why? Mm. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the usual, yes, it looks cheap, but it, I mean, it's, it's on the way out, basically. I mean, yeah. the, the, it, it, it has n literally nothing going for itself. Mm. It's even worse than being a second rank bank in, in the banking sector. Oh dear. Um, if you are a regional broadcaster in Australia, you really are on the hiding to nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And so sooner or later, someone will have to buy it, or I'm assuming that they just, they just shrink, shrink, shrink until there's nothing left to shrink. Oh, jeez. And this is the other thing that I'm very fond of saying too, is it's not a question of like looking at a company individually and making an appraisal. You, you've got the luxury of choice here. Yeah. 2,000 other companies. Yeah, exactly. So is, is this yeah. like one of the top yeah. 20 companies on the ASX? Yeah. Is, this one, is this one of the risk adjusted, one of the best opportunities? Probably not. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a hard pass, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Max. Let's talk about something a lot more interesting. And full disclosure, I am a shareholder in this company, so I am biased. Believe that you're a shareholder as well, Claude. So now we're up. now we're now we're. Oh, okay, this is where this is where it gets oh, interesting. No, that doesn't bode too well. Well, it's always always good to get the the, uh, the counterfactual, if it will. So yes. so tell us what, what Jermaine's asked why why uh, buy Alcidian. Maybe you could yes. tell us why not to buy Alcidian. Um, it's very small. It is. So uh, do I do my usual tune again? Here's the violin. <laughs> I mean, um, it's very like it hasn't. By, no, by coincidence, I discovered we actually, Effendrina published a story about this one about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a very interesting story, but let's face it, almost every technology company has an interesting story to tell. Yeah. And I've seen over the years, I'm showing my age now, I've seen many come by, be popular for a while, and then basically disappearing. And, and yeah. the list is long. Sooner or later, long. you have to deliver yes. on those promises. I've got to have a chance to change his mind before he gives the verdict. <laughs> well, it's fine. <laughs> so for me, yep. um, I, made this, I made this statement uh, earlier. Like I, at this point in time, I own stocks like Zero, NextDC, Appen, Altium. So you're not anti-tech at and all. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yep. But I did not buy them immediately on the IPO or after the IPO mm -hmm. because what is the irony here is that if they are really good companies, you can wait. Yeah. You don't have to buy them at $1. Yeah. Admittedly, when they go from $1 to $2, you missed on the first 100%. It hurts. But you know mm. what? Yeah. A few years later, they're 5 or 6 7 8 9 $10. Yeah. And who, who's complaining about S what you missed? Stop anchoring. Stop anchoring <laughs> on those prices. That's a good point. Uh, Claude, Alcidian. I really want to convince Rudy of this one because I think it's my best chance okay. that one day he will actually buy shares. Maybe it's not okay. there yet and I can acknowledge that. So okay. here's the situation with Alcidian. Now, I'll really go through the history quickly, but I've just made available, which I'll tweet out, an old piece I wrote in July, which had some of the, the history. It's the case for Alcidian is what it's called. It's been hidden off Google. You won't find it. Okay. But you can find it if you if you click around in the website. Check basically, Claude's Twitter handle. Basically, uh, the, the deal is that they listed very, very early, like Rudy would have been absolutely avoiding it a mm -hmm. few years ago. And I started monitoring it mm -hmm. from that stage mm -hmm. because this is healthcare tech that basically does workflow for nurses and hospital um, mm -hmm. wards. So it's right in that area where I love to invest in. And I was talking to the chairman and who was then the CEO from the beginning and they had some board members that I didn't admire so much. They made some decisions I didn't like so much and it kind of just bumped along for a while. But then what happened is they did a merger with another company, which was actually a good fit. And then they brought on Kate Quirk, the CEO of this other one, Patient Track. Mm -hmm. um, and she's done a really good job. And basically, I have more confidence in the company now than I did mm. previously. I own, mm. I own shares as a result and have owned shares for quite a while now. I believe Kate was buying shares earlier this year too. Wasn't yeah, she? I think yeah. she bought some around 10 cents ish. Yeah. So it's a bit up from there, but it was only 13 cents the other day. Mm. And then, and you'll also find a write up about this on the website. 
um, on my website, a more recent one, it's right on the homepage, mm. is basically they announced this really big contract. Now my question was, okay, but this contract's a mixture of their own software and then them reselling other software. Mm. Now, of course, the margins are very different when you're selling your own software and reselling. So I got in touch with the CEO, found out that the reselling part's only less than 20% of their overall con con uh, contract value. Okay. So that means this is a big, their, their biggest contract, I think, selling their own software, yep. which is really good. And basically- Another good that, reference site for the UK. And right? that's in the UK. Yeah. And, and I've been waiting for this for so long. Actually, I was starting to lose patience because I was seeing others. Other Every tech stock under the sun's been flying, and not for our city. Yeah, well, so yeah. that's because other healthcare companies, like other healthcare companies, have been continuing with sales, but these guys have really been hit by the pandemic and their sales process, which they've just invested in prior to the pandemic, and also their last quarterly wasn't too strong. But this, to me, is going to be that's a good news. They should have a stronger quarterly in the next few quarters. Mm -hmm. That's good news. They might start getting some of that share price momentum. I think it was overvalued at thirty cents, and I sold some shares up around that that peak. So I'm not saying it's super undervalued, but this is definitely one to watch. Still a buy for me, and I hold shares. Okay. Oh, jeez, we we I'm could go patient. on and on. And you can be patient too. You can. You, <laughs> there's there is no reason to act if you unless you're at, at that stage where you're ready. Let's now talk. I'm going to start with uh, you this time, Claude, with Straker Translations. I hadn't heard of this stock before. The ASX code is STG. Cody's asked about this, and I. I think I thought it might have been uh, something you know translating code or something. I think it's actually language translation, language. right? Yeah, yeah. With AI, machine learning, a lot of buzzwords yeah, in there. Probably too many for my liking. Okay. But I own shares in it. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay, give yeah. us give us the bull case. Well, so um, this is probably you guys know that I can be very impatient if companies don't deliver on my thesis. Mm -hmm. Straker went astray. So basically, what happened is they had a nice growth trajectory running it. Um, break even pretty much and their strategy was buying smaller companies that. pulling them in yeah. but then as you can see a big decline from $1.76 basically what happened is they said that they deliberately decided to stop serving some of their smaller customers because mm. they weren't getting margins for me that's disappointing because you didn't tell us before that the smaller companies were mm. not were bad margins you didn't forecast this was your plan you're all about growth yeah. and they're like oh we're going to do this and focus on the bigger customers so it's all been bad news for a while Finally, the other day, just before that big drum, you can see what they've announced is that they finally got an, a good big customer. IBM? Yeah, so they already had some IBM business, but what they've done is they've expanded the current relationship with IBM from one language to 55 languages, including a number of popular languages, they mm -hmm. say. And then the other key thing is, historically, the contributed from, uh, from IBM-related translation services was material to the revenue. So mm -hmm. material usually means at least 10%. So people were thinking, oh, well, if it was material with one language, it's going to be really great with 55 languages. Now, okay, this is a bit risky. We don't know how good it's actually going to be, mm -hmm. but I think it is fair to say this is definitely good news because it sort of validates their plan of trying to get bigger with the big customers. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've been waiting for for ages. So I didn't buy more and I, I've held throughout this whole time, but my gosh, it's a relief to see this strategy finally working. Would, if you hadn't, if you were just coming onto the scene today, would you buy today? I, I can't say I would just because I'm a little bit okay. sad about everything that happened, but I think it actually looks pretty good today. And if it came down a bit, I would. Okay, but fantastic. I can answer that question. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> Please do. No. 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 I mean, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the same How many languages now. can you say no in? Uh, no, nine. Nine? Yeah. No. I'm out. <laughs> in. Okay. <laughs> but, but why? Uh, uh, it's too small. Too small again. Yep. Uh, again, yep. the same one. You, you can wait. If it's really a good company, it, it'll it'll do its thing. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is is uh, this is also where I um, I'm a little bit different from from Claude. See, when a company has goes through a period of disappointment, I get more cautious. Mm -hmm. I don't get excited when mm -hmm. the share price is lower. Yeah. I get more cautious because where is your story that they because they're disappointed earlier they won't do it tomorrow again mm -hmm. right yep. so i'm 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 with the, the famous warren buffett on this one mm -hmm. most turnaround stories don't really turn around mm -hmm. sustainably mm -hmm. so yes of course if they're beaten down they get a share price and there's always a new contract and the share price goes up and all mm -hmm. that that doesn't mean anything that's mm -hmm. the short-term thing yeah right? yeah i'm in for the long one yeah and and again uh, i can be patient and just see whatever they do over a while mm -hmm. and um, i'm just waiting on the sideline i mean it's to be honest it's a very interesting company. Yep. It does have very interesting market to mm -hmm. be in, and it's. But you know what? There's there's execution as well. There's management mm -hmm. as well. There's time and mm -hmm. patience. There's no doubt other competitors doing the same thing. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So mm -hmm. uh, again, for me, it's it's too small, too early, too too risky, and I can be patient. Okay. So another no. We've got two more to go. Can we add something to the portfolio? 
I'm going to say probably not. I'm going to say probably not. Not to give anything away. Uh, I'm going to start with you first, Rudy. Uh, Bernie's written in. He's asked about Kathmandu, KMD, yes. a retailer. A, you know, retail is tough at the best of yes. times, and, yes. and we're in a very difficult time. Yes. Uh, you had a bit of a mention there on, on turnarounds. Does this yes. does this classify as something oh, that you oh, might? Oh, okay. Here's what I did whole morning. I've been mm. I've been moving my head whole morning like this because I knew I was going to do it in this program. <laughs> limbering up. To make sure that, that not, 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 none of the <laughs> muscles uh, get gets crazy on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm also a true believer that if you pay attention to uh, what happened to a company over time, and, and, and the price charts often give you an insight into that one, it gives you an idea about the character of the company. Mm. Right? I remember when Kathmandu listed, another New Zealand company comes here and all excitement in the early days and, and then, it, then it ebbed away and then it came back again and it ebbed away mm. and it came back again. To me, I've never gone near or inside one of their shops mm -hmm. and seen a lot of customers. Mm. Like never. Yeah. All right? And it, to me, it's, it's very expensive stuff, which they then discount. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking, um, unless we're all going skiing in Japan again or New Zealand, mm -hmm. um, uh, are we really all, all going to go buy tents? And uh, I'm, I'm, not so, I'm not so sure about that one. So I would say you just try to pick them at the bottom there and just otherwise you just, just don't bother. And I think the share price is telling you that story as well, that the market is mm -hmm. really skeptical whether we're all going to go to a, to Kathmandu and buy new extra warm jackets and and extra warm shoes mm. and, and tents yeah. and tinnies. Well, and even right? if we do, I suppose one of, one of the challenges I have with retail is that, that we, we have a lot of choice that's out there. Well, there's also and, MacPack. And, and brands also and MacPack, which is now owned by, by Super Retail. Yeah, and North Face. And, you know, there's, there's yeah. a, and, and it's, just, it's tough. And, and at the same time, you've got a structural change with on the, on, the, you know, the well-discussed yeah. online transition as well, which some retailers are handling better than others. So uh, definite no from Rudy. Can we, can we get a yes from you, Claude? Probably not get a yes since I actually recently sold my Kathmandu shares. Okay. So basically what I was trying to do is kind of pick that sort of cyclical, oh, yeah. that cyclical bottom a bit because I thought there might be a bit of a pickup. And I think it is and I think there probably will be. In the end, I basically mm -hmm. just, I have a little bit of my portfolio that I'll try to put in retail just so I have some diversity. I'm not all in software and healthcare. <laughs> Um, but I like some of us. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe I should be. But so I've sort of preferred now Adairs is basically, and, mm. and my deal a tiny bit is sort of what I'm more interested in right now, which uh, picked up on that big sell-off day when all of yeah. the sort of yeah, online yeah. stocks sell off really hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically I still think Kathmandu is pretty reasonably priced. Um, so I'll just, I'll give it a sell though anyway, just because I think that long-term, and I just sold it not too long ago myself. But having said that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against someone holding it for the long term either. I think it's a decent brand, but tough business. And I like to see some clear thesis with my retail of why it's going to pick up. And I, I don't necessarily see that with Kathmandu. All right, I'm going to stay with you, Claude. We've only got a few minutes left on show, so we'll do this one super quick. Uh, Pangana International Equities, PA, sorry, PIA is the ASX ticker there. 10 years asked about it. Buy or sell? Um, or hold? I mean, I guess if, if LIC is your thing, I'd say hold, but otherwise for me, LICs are pretty much always a sell. I've never held an LIC. I don't see the point in it. Basically, Give us a quick reason why. Yeah, so the reason is that a listed investment company relies on somebody else wanting to buy your shares, which again, mm. it has that dynamic where in that moment when you're most likely to want to exit the investment, you can't even get NTA, which is net tangible assets, mm -hmm. right? You can't even get that value. You've seen that stuff like Forager used to be above NTA, went way below NTA. People can't get their money out mm. at what it's actually worth unless they deign to buy it back. Mm. And that's what you can get stuck in. Now, Pangana International have done really well, but that just means it's trading at NTA. So you can buy it now at NTA. The NTA could go up, but if there's a, if no one if there's something goes wrong and no one wants to buy your shares, then you can't necessarily you suffer a that. discount. So that's why I don't do LICs. Basically, mm. having said that, for LICs, these guys seem to have done a really, like a pretty good job. So I'm not really against it either. So I'd probably say generally a hold, but for me personally, all LICs are sells. What do you reckon, Rudy? <clears throat> Consideration you have to make if you go down that road, because I'm assuming you do it because you're not comfortable enough that you can make the returns mm -hmm. and you, you, you go for a manager. You're outsourcing. The consideration you mm -hmm. have to make is what, what is easy or what is best? Is it just an ETF that mimics the market mm -hmm. or parts of the market? Mm -hmm. Or is it an active manager, which, which in this case, Pangana is? Mm. Now, on very simplistic terms, over three years, they've, they've outperformed their, their, their benchmark. Mm -hmm. Over five years, they haven't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where your dilemma comes in. Yeah. Right? 
There's a few things that uh, are in favor of Pangana. One is they are very much, well, the international for starters. Mm -hmm. And um, unless we really see a, a sustainable move into value stocks, cyclicals, the Australian share market will continue underperforming international shares, mm -hmm. in particular the US. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pro. The other pro is these guys are very much into ESG, uh, which basically means they, they, they don't do fossil fuels, the wood sites we spoke about, mm -hmm. they don't do tobacco, they don't do porn industry, mm -hmm. uh, gaming, you name it. Um, ethical, ethical sustainable. And, and sustainable yep. and, and, and social governance, yep. all of that. So they, they buy quality and, 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 and ethical. Yep. So and that's definitely the new trend. Yep. And, they, and they have proven to themselves to be, to be quite good managers as well. So there are things in their, in their, in their favor. But in general terms, um, you have to make a decision either an ETF or active or do it yourself. Okay, excellent. So let's let's quickly round up these final five. We've gotten, unfortunately, nothing added to the portfolio today. Well, not unfortunately. Some I think as an <laughs> investor, your job is most often they're not saying no. So it means they don't deserve. So no apologies. I take that back. Um, Southern Cross Media, a hard no. Alcidian, a yes from Claude, a no from Rudy. Just too small for, for Rudy. Claude gave a good outline of, of some things to like. Um, Straker translations, uh, no. Uh, too small again for, for Rudy. Uh, Claude would on a pullback, is a, is a shareholder, but the price a, is a little bit up I'm there. I'm a shareholder, but I think uh, Rudy had some good points about that one. You could just wait and see if it really does turn around. Yeah, first. you've got time on your side there. Katmandu, uh, sorry, Bernie, that was, a, that, was a, that was a double wolf, unfortunately. And Pangana International, just not in the style basket for these two guys. And, and Rudy makes some really good points, as, and as does Claude's, in fact, is some things you need to think about if that's what you're going to uh, go for we made it guys thank you so much Rudy it's always a pleasure <laughs> hey I wasn't it's been way too long I'm still waiting for my free drinks yeah. anyway. <laughs> as I said hang around later on today Claude always a pleasure mate yeah absolutely thank um, you uh, so what else have we got here to today? So that is our show. Remember, if you would like us to cover any of the stocks that you're interested in, there's a couple of ways that you can reach out. One is via email. Uh, the details are right on your screen there, thecall at osbiz.com.au. And there's uh, a Twitter handle there as well, at osbiztv. Uh, and remember, there, um, you can find the portfolio that we've been discussing all this hour, the call portfolio. Just head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And if you're looking for your next investment, take the time to tune into the Startup Daily Show. Every day, the team brings you companies seeking capital and all the latest in the startup sector. Today, they're joined by Cronulla Sharks player, Chad Townsend, who has just launched his own new beer brand, Cronulla Beer. Well, that's, that's a sector that we can all get excited about. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show. A lot more is happening on AusBiz this afternoon. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this short break. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.